0: It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up?
1: Welcome into episode number. Jesus, I forgot. I already forgot what I said I was gonna do. We just gotta move on. We got stuff to get to, and I didn't know that uh, we didn't have everybody for the whole time. So it's jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton. Um, look. I can I just can I can I have the floor for like a second here at the start? Can I have a floor for it? I am um. I'm in a really tough spot, and it's a lot of things conspiring sort of all at once where I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that things could be changing in my life that might prevent me from being able to watch as much wrestling as is required to do this show. I'm going to do my damnedest. I have no interest in not being a part of the show. I love doing this show. Um, I am exhausted, <laughs> exhausted yeah. from watching all of the professional wrestling that we have to watch during the course of the week. And I literally get to the time that we do the show, and I, I utterly forget about things, and so that's going to happen more and more frequently. And I apologize in advance for the fact that's going to happen more and more frequently. Personally, I'm going to have to zero in on a couple of things that that really stuck out. So I think the bulk of this week's show is likely to be about all out and the fallout from all out, and um, that's just the way that it goes. And I sent a tweet out the other day. And I, I, I genuinely was feeling this. Like, I'd, I'd rather not do this show this week. And I know you reached out to Migs, and there's a chance that Migs might join us later. I'd rather not do this show this week. And the reason why I'd rather not do this show is because I, I'm missing something. I thought All Out was a fun show. I want to make that clear. I thought it was fun. And I get it. We all like, you know, hey, that wasn't, I, I, you know, there, there's Brian. I like Dan, Brian Danielson. I love Brian Danielson. I'll be happy to watch Brian Danielson wrestle. I love Adam Cole. I'm going to be happy to watch Adam Cole wrestle moving forward. And that's where you're going to be able to see him. And so I, I love that. I don't, I don't like continuing to have the same conversations that we've had for months because they're not new. Like they're not new. There's no I don't have a new take about what happened at all out. I don't. But when everybody tells me this was the greatest night in professional wrestling history, when my friends who haven't watched wrestling regularly in recent years are like this is the moment that I'm back in, I'm I'm just conflicted because I don't feel any of that. I think it's it's fun. I think it's fun, but I think it's fun with all of the same bullshit that I've been told. I'm, I meant I, st- I wanted to stop cussing. Damn it! That didn't. That, that, with all of the same BS that I've been told has been problematic about professional wrestling for a decade. None of it has changed. None of it is new. None of it is different. It's the exact same stuff, and I am so confused. And I am desperate for someone to tell me why it's different. And I think I know. Especially
2: after Wednesday, by the way.
1: Uh, Kind of after after Wednesday. Kind of after Wednesday, Brandon. But really way more to me Sunday. Really way more when all I've been told for the last decade is the problem is that young stars – get buried in favor of part-timers, old guys and, and people that don't need it. And I watched a pay-per-view where MJF lost, it, it, it un, unfathomably MJF loses, where Sammy Guevara is not involved whatsoever, where Orange Cassidy is re, re, you know, resigned to the pre-show a, and a, a BS Super match. Friends match. And I just keep saying to myself, I don't understand why none of this matters. I don't understand how long we can go with this and be unwilling. It's one thing when you're in the honeymoon period. We're way beyond the honeymoon period. Why are it's we so... It's a honeymoon period now. There's maybe be because new... CM Punk and... I,
3: yeah, I, I think that's definitely part of it.
1: Maybe that's it, and maybe it's a simple. I'm so confused. I'm so confused, and I'm desperate for someone to explain to me, actually, not just... What I think the answer really is, which is, well, we're just choosing not to acknowledge that because we don't want to acknowledge it. I'm desperate to know why it is that that stuff doesn't matter here, but mattered here. I'm desperate to know why part that it, is.
2: I, I think part of it is they say that they support young stars, and then they have the old guys come in and say they're here to support well other than daniel bryan or da- bryan dannerson i didn't even
1: include darby Ryan. allen losing and i get that of of the all of them darby allen's loss is probably the most forgivable thing because sure like, what do you do right yeah. i mean the, the answer is you don't do that like you don't but, do the match right but right. of of the of the actual results it's the most forgivable to me now it doesn't forgive the insane way they've handled darby, darby allen and neutered him and made him be babysat by Sting and any of those things but just from sunday itself it's the the most passable of these grievances that I'm referring to,
2: but it's it's the tag team thing again, how they every week they said they're the greatest place for tag teams, and the tag team division is it's it's that they say things, and then the the people who want to believe them do, but none of it's true
1: well that <laughs> one. That one I'm not nearly as bothered by. Like at this point, no, I'm not I, nearly no, as bothered. I mean, right. I, I hear you, but at the time, right? Is
2: that like the we support young stars? Is the we have the greatest tag team division in wrestling thing that we care about tag teams and we, you know, and we do something different than the other company, which is not even true at all. And and the the, the young stars thing is the new that right? It's like the new thing we've heard four or five people say now on TV. Not just it's not just fans or people that or wrestling journalist or whoever saying this stuff, now you've got CM Punk saying it on the microphone as he says, what's up, Sting? You know? Mm-hmm. You have, as as he has a five-minute promo with Taz, uh, which... Uh,
1: as Tully Blanchard is ready to do yes. a match with effing Sting. I mean, there's a million things <laughs> here. There's so many things here. I, a- a- Aaron, I, you're the closest thing we have to this type of, like, yeah. of fan on this show. Can you possibly explain it? It reasonably. I've,
3: I, I've been trying to figure this out as well because the the greatest pay-per-view ever thing has, it flew over my head. I did really enjoy the pay-per-view overall. And and while I, you know, and I was tweeting at the time and got into argument, Jericho going over MJF is horrendous. And as far as just strictly booking decisions, easily the worst booking decision they've made as a company so far. Um, I overall enjoyed the show and I was trying to, you know, knew this conversation would come up because I was feeling the same thing. I didn't see best pay-per-view of all time. I saw a very enjoyable pay-per-view. I saw a very good pay-per-view. I didn't see the best pay-per-view of all time. And
1: by the way, I've got to be honest with you. I don't even know that, like...
2: It was a good pay-per-view.
3: That's
1: that's all it was. It was a good pay-per-view to me that had an explosive, you know, close from two guys that we all knew were going to show up at some point. It just happened to be that they showed up that night.
3: And that's... And and what I kind of came back to as far as what I'm—basically what I'm missing. You, you had the, the speech a while ago about how when everybody loves something and you don't, we should try to figure out what we're missing instead right. of just saying everybody is wrong. So the only thing that I kept coming back to is, again, another speech that you had about two weeks ago when your speech was about Cameron Grimes and about how sometimes as wrestling fans— just give us what we want. Don't give us storylines. Just give us moments that we can enjoy. Just give us moments that we want to see. And thinking back to that pay-per-view, they did give us a number of those moments, including, by the way, if you're just a, a strict fan in that arena, Jericho going over is a, yay, Jericho won, we get to sing. We got to see Ruby Riott. We got to see Jericho. We got to see a great tag match with a, with a great ending. We got to see that ending. And it was just... Moment after moment of just them saying, "Here, we're going to give you these moments you can cheer for, these moments you can be excited for." And you know, even if the things are not great overall, in the moment, we're giving you this over so, and over again—moments so to see. I, and I think that there's at least a little bit of just kind of euphoria from those moments that's
1: overshadowing a lot of these. Okay, things. so I think that that could be part of it, Aaron. Right, but it still wouldn't—you know, like that—that that still doesn't address the. The thing that you told me you've hated about professional wrestling is is the most prevalent thing that exists in this company. I mean, literally, the most prevalent thing that exists in this company is we don't, put over our own young talent. We don't and we do love it. old guys. And we never and we like will. And guys. we're obsessed with yeah. old guys. Like all yes. we care about is old guys. Like that's the most prevalent thing that exists in AEW. So so I think what you're saying, what you're on what you're saying, you're on to something. I don't think you're wrong about that. But I'm also, you know, it still doesn't erase the other right. side of it. I have attempted is i'm trying to dissect it and figure it out right because i do think that i know the answer i think the answer is just we don't none of not i've I've said all along i think the answer is nothing other than we are not willing to talk about it we're just deciding that whatever isn't wwe that's what we're doing and and rationalization be damned thought be damned anything we've ever said before it's all out the window it's like politics it once you decide something's your side, it doesn't matter if they get it right or if they get it wrong. That's your side, and so you line up with it, right? If you decide you're on the, the blue team in politics, it doesn't matter how much they bungle anything. You've got to be on the blue team. You've got to come back and say, well, that, that's irrelevant, not willing to consider it. Everything they do is right. And Combine
2: politics with a homer sports fan. Because which is what it largely is politics
3: right now. anyways. correct.
2: It's politics combined with the Homer sports fan, which is like. We're going to pretend now some of these people are a really big deal, but we're going to pretend like Ruby Riot is a really big deal because she's on our team now and she used to be on that other team. And we really want to stick it to that other team by showing you how much we like her, even though we didn't cheer for shit. For Ruby Uh, Riot when she was WWE. No, that's. Fuck you. Don't tell me that people cheered for Ruby Riot. I'm not going to say. it be on TV. She came in. It was a big
3: deal when WWE signed her at the time to really this crowd. Was it? Yes. 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 I had been talking about Ruby Riot when she came in. I have been
2: talking about her.
3: Did she get a reaction
2: on WWE TV ever the way that she got the the reaction on Sunday?
3: And Becky Lynch That was insane. I agree that. But by the way, but I think it was a situation where if WWE had put her in a position to be cheered, she would have. It was She was a person, she's one of those people who is actually a majority of wrestlers where we're not going to, je- like, we're going to cheer for somebody. But if you tell us they're not important, we're not going to cheer for her. I mean, it this happened is, to a lot. It to is, is, like, I, I think that if they had pushed Ruby, if WWE had pushed Ruby right into a title picture and to be a potential top star, I think people would have been behind her.
1: I mean, maybe. I I, I can't speak I to that. This,
2: some of this feels like spite tears to me. Like, that's who this audience is. They think it's great.
1: Well, it's bigger. But I, Brandon, I think, I think we're you're gonna diminishing fix it. We're going
2: to this person that they screwed up. Right?
1: I, I understand what you're saying, but I think you're diminishing it too. I think there's, there is some. I'm not debating that there is some of that. But I, I'm telling you, there are people that are just... The Ruby Riot one is an interesting case. It's an interesting case to me because you're, I, I where I will agree with you. You're not going to sell me that this was the greatest pay per view of all time because Ruby Riot showed up. You had a billion opportunities to watch Ruby Riot. You never cared. That right. you, you That's don't all I'm you saying. don't care this much about Ruby Riot. Now your response back, and Aaron, you know, perhaps this is what you would retort with. Your response back would be, well, we would have. She just wasn't used appropriately, and. All I did
2: was walk out.
1: Right. <laughs> I, and that's well, well, but, 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 but the, I, the, the
2: idea
3: would be that if WWE gave them a reason to cheer, they would have cheered. They just were never given that reason. That would be a possible response. I mean,
2: I think she was pretty prominent on TV for a little before she, they before they made the riot they, squad, ever, the jobber squad. Shot? Did yes. she ever get a title shot? Yes. When? 100 percent. I mean, just Google it. It happened.
1: I'm I'm looking like, she, I'm looking.
2: Was it, it was Ronda right? Didn't she fight Ronda no, like no. twice? Well, she was she was she for faced the title. Ronda. That was that was Ronda's first
3: match. Yeah, it was title. Ru- yeah, for the, for, for, the, the, the raw, for the raw for no, the raw women's no, no. title. Her first match, like after that mixed tag, the she first thing they the did because they. Too.
1: I'm telling you that that she fought Ronda for the title. That did happen. Oh, okay, okay, so one
3: time though, I mean we're we're talking well, what four or five year career where largely she was treated as an afterthought, and the right squad was treated as an afterthought.
1: And that's that's not, I, it's not a nothing, it's not, I'm not saying there's nothing to that, but you're asking for a lot of subtlety from people to say, I specifically really loved Ruby Riot and was really bothered and that got me to completely tune out and be uninterested in her, but I'm super interested in her again. I, well, that, that's so such an absurd amount of subtlety that it's hard for me to buy into it being the reaction from more than like a small handful of people.
3: Remember when AJ was talking when when the the Becky thing was first blowing up in Charlotte and he kept saying, "Well, why weren't you cheering for Becky 6 months ago? You were chanting Sasha Sasha during the Becky matches." And my response then was the same thing was that when you don't give people a reason to cheer for the most part they're not going to cheer for people. Uh, that I it was I feel a little bit of that with Ruby. now. Not, obviously not... part of it was was there is a, an element of F U. But I, I can speak personally. I would have really liked to see if Ruby Riot had ever gotten a real run, I would have absolutely been cheering for her because I wanted to cheer for her. And just, it's hard to cheer for an listen, afterthought.
2: Listen to all these shitty people that Ruby Riot defeated somebody named Bailey, somebody named some, Sasha Banks. She also fought Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Fastlane. Um, I mean, listen. I mean, you can say that about, it.
3: like, there are plenty of people you can see who had that little got a match here or there, but no, wasn't really that, pushed. Are you going to say Ruby Wright was pushed?
2: She – I mean she had a group centered around her where they beat the shit out of people for multiple weeks. I think that for they began weeks. to push her and it didn't work. I mean – but but again, are you – It's it's the kind of thing where when you have Charlotte Flair, Becky – Sasha Banks and all these people, if you like start retro, doing something and you shouldn't beat up people for several weeks, but, but, but that's my, but and if, and if it would have worked for some reason, which it never would have, cause it was a shitty idea, they would have ran with it, but it didn't work. And, and, and the riot squad didn't work. And, you know, you could argue it was a bad idea. That's fine. But you can't argue they weren't on TV, and particularly at the beginning. I'm not arguing
3: they weren't on TV, but I'm arguing that they were on TV in the same way
2: that but if they would have gotten the reactions that deserved a featured spot, I believe they would have got it. I think that they put enough marketing behind. It's a chicken and the roots.
3: egg thing. If you don't give them a reason to cheer, like you say that they were, get, you know, they were beating How up. How was also Becky Lynch? And then they would throw paper, you know, don't forget, they would beat up people, they would go to the back and they would throw paper up in the air and be like, yay, this is anarchy or whatever. How, like, long, they did Becky, really how long was
2: be- be- Becky Lynch on the main roster before it worked? Before it really worked? Like five years? Four or five years? years, yeah. That's But they but, saw a reason to put something behind her. There was times where you were, you were couldn't remember why Becky Lynch was on the roster. Or if she was on the roster, I should say, not why she was on the roster, but if she was on the roster, and then and now she's the like, my, right? They, that, something happened my that made them feature her, right? Whenever they weren't, and, and, and but she was on TV and doing things, and people got behind her. People did not get behind Ruby Riott. She was on TV a million times. She was in featured matches. She beat prominent the, people. The Becky thing
3: started when she was given the title match at SummerSlam. It started of of the-
2: before that. It was before that. Mm-mm.
3: Not really. If you go back and watch matches from, if you're trying June, to tell
2: me that Becky Lynch wasn't more over than Ruby Riot before I, I, that happened. I, I mean, it's
3: not a, no. Sh- okay, fine. Over, but AJ was right when he said earlier that summer people were chanting Sasha during Becky matches. He wasn't wrong about
2: that. But Sasha Banks is super over. It's not like they were cheering that when she was fighting. I understand. You know, my, my, Sarah my, Logan my whole point is
3: if Ruby Riot had gotten a match against Charlotte at SummerSlam. Who knows what happens?
2: She, she did fight Charlotte at a pay per view at, at Fastlane. Come on, but, dude! They're all the same now.
1: I mean, I, they're I, not well, all. the same. Well, hang on a second. There's also we literally the, talk the, about SummerSlam being like. But well, there's a bullshit there's band. there's there's two of those caliber pay per views every year. I mean that that's it's not a bar that's fair to look at. Now all of this being said, and and I and I wanted to let you guys go for a second, but all of this being said. I, we're, we're we are kind of in the weeds on all of this right like sure. we're, we're sure. very much in the weeds the notion that it's predominantly one thing or another it, it's not true i don't know how much WWE might have screwed up ruby riot versus she just wasn't going to be a star and i have absolutely no reason to think that like aw is going to get another women's wrestler correct considering they've gotten one right in their history so i i have no idea why anybody should be excited that ruby riot uh, ruby soho is in AEW because they have not appropriately used female performers at all. I mean, whatsoever. It's you know, it's a giant bugaboo that's existed in their company's history, and I hope that that changes. This is not me saying it never can. I hope they get that right, and I I like Ruby Soho. I'm not freaking out about her, but I like her. I think she's a talented performer, and I wish well for her. Again, in grievances, it's it's farther further down my list, right? Like the idea that. We're freaking out about you know Ruby Soho when we had plenty of opportunities to watch Ruby Soho and we didn't care. You know, it's silly, but it's just sort of silly, right? It's way further down the list. It's the idea, I'm I, I can't separate myself from the Jericho thing. I can't separate myself from Sammy Guevara is does he exist in this company other than to come out and hold signs during commercial breaks now? Like I it is
2: is Do You he, think do you think it's that like, like if you took off and, and, and I think the answer is probably not completely right, but I think there's part of it. If you took Adam Cole and Brian Danielson off of the bottom, uh, off of the end of that pay-per-view, does it get the reactions that None. this is the greatest show ever? No. Or do people a- start to say MJF lost? Do people start to say Christian was in the main event and it wasn't that great of a match? Do people start to say things like that, or do you think they just say, "Oh my God, the tag team match was so good"? Who gives a shit about all that and just sweep all the rest of the? I stuff mean, I under think I think
0: there's a
1: natural inclination to say things are better than they are. I mean, I 100. I've I've. I mean, that that has existed from moment one is to tell you how great it is to tell you what this company is that it isn't. And, and I didn't even get to, the, the, as we, as we kind of got lost in that, I, I do want to come back to my thought. The best argument, I, I'm going to attempt to make an argument, right? The best argument that I can make is that these things, if somebody really wanted to address them, they don't matter as much because we feel like we're in on it. And it doesn't feel like we're being told what we should like and it feels more like we're allowed to tell them what we like. And I think that's the best argument that could ma- someone could make that's pretty good. About, that's pretty good. about why it is that they're willing to overlook all of these things that they said were the problems with the last company and pretend like they don't exist with this company is because of what they think they feel about the company. Now, make it abundantly clear. It's not actually true. But I get the thought process. The thought process that what's presented plays into our mark dumb. It plays into the idea that we're watching these YouTube videos and we're, you know, we're watching social media and those things matter. And we don't pretend like they don't exist. And if if Zack Ryder was happening in this company, it might be a bigger deal here than it was in WWE, where it was always like, "Hey, chill out, man." like stop getting all that attention it's a problem over here it might be more of like a hey let's use that and play with it and i don't think that's nothing i don't think they've done a good job aw has created a perception that's different than reality and i give them credit for that it's the same thing i say about the way that they make small arenas look big that they make very small venues look like there's a massive event happening in them because of the way that they use cameras and lighting and things along those lines. Whereas WWE, you find out really quickly that you're in a small venue. Like you you go in, like the first time that they have somebody in the ring, you look up and you're like, oh yeah, they, they must be in Laredo or something like that this week. They sure as F are not in the, the garden in Boston. They're in a really small town and AEW runs way more of those buildings than they run the big ones. And yet, they'll go into they, they ran a building in Miami that I swear to God is like a three thousand seat venue, and they made it feel like there was a thing happening, like that it was the biggest, most important thing that was going on in all of Miami. When it was like the, a venue the size of a theater, it was a. It you was, know what
2: the smartest part about all that is is the the thing that they brag about the most, which is the crowd noise, because that would p- play into what you're saying. It would if you can make that venue look. The way it looks, I mean, a thousand people in that building are going to sound very loud. Sure, and they also mic the buildings very well.
1: No, they mic the buildings tremendously well. I mean, and yeah. this is they—they they create a reality that isn't reality, and 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 I and I say that like somebody would say that—that's that's a compliment. Yes, that's a major compliment. It's an incredible compliment to them, and I think it's gone beyond that. I think they've created this reality where you guys are making the decisions and we're going to do what you want and this is about you and how you feel and you know as long as that lines up with what they what Tony Khan thinks is best then then they'll, that's exactly what they'll do and you'll believe that it was happening because you said so and you have this power over this company when literally just a couple of years ago, WWE at WrestleMania gave you Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston all winning the the titles, which is something un- incredibly un WWE like. But they did it and and it, they didn't get the credit for, well, we did what you wanted this time around. We instead continue to, to, to hammer them over the things that they didn't do that we wanted them to do, right? And yet we're not doing that here. And so the only thing that I can keep coming away with is that they have created a perception that is an alternative to reality, that, that we exist to do what you want us to do. And because that's the perception, um, that, that we don't, we are more willing to ignore all of these other things, that we will just pretend like they're not going on because it feels like we're getting what we want as professional wrestling fans who cares if you're burying the guys that you're supposed to be be lifting up who cares that the guys that we said we liked three months ago are basically dead at this point right like who cares about any of that stuff because we feel as though this is a safe place for us am i on to something
3: yeah. It's very ECW in the way you describe that, where you you go back and, you know, obviously we, we know the stories of ECW, we have read it, we know all the, the wrestler stories and everything, the crowd's fantastic, all that good stuff, and for the most part, we have really fond memories of ECW, but you go back and you watch those shows, and there are big flaws in all of the shows. I, you might say less flaws in the storylines, though even them, you know, they had old guys showing up and doing things that, you know right now we wouldn't like and probably then they you know at that time if wcw or wwef did them they would do it as well but they were you know whatever you want to say the rabid tribe or whatever and they were forgiven whether or not they should have been forgiven whether or not it's because they got most things right that they were willing to forgive the other things or however you want to frame it whatever the reason was they were very forgivable overall of ecw and it, it feels well, like a little
2: bit of a repeat here they were tribal, and that's what this is. Yeah, a little bit. There's a little bit of tribalism going on where it's like, hey, like you said, we're part of the team, so we don't criticize the team.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. we're on the team. Um, How will these people react when, not if, when Cody Rhodes defeats Malachi Black in New York? <laughs> like, will it just be okay? Yeah. And this guy that like they just built as a fucking monster over the past two months... He just gets
1: well, other than by the Cody fact Rhodes. that he had to struggle against um, Dustin Rhodes, because oh, insane of course I mean, of course, insane. that's something you should do. You should definitely have him struggle against Dustin Rhodes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, and, and Brandon, that's, I can't answer that question. That's
2: the true barometer, right? It's like, if, if, if you have a guy that, you know, this is one of the guys. Hey, WWE, screw this guy up. We're all really excited he's here. I love Alastair B- or Malachi Black. I think he's great. We, you know, say it, say it correctly, Glenn? Taz.
1: It's Malachi. It's Malachi Black. Malachi, according according okay. to Taz. That's. It, <laughs> it, I can't. I don't know why. I don't know why. Every time, like it's seeped. it's seeped into my brain. He says Malachi Black. Every, like he's trying to say Molotov cocktail. He says Malachi Black every time. <laughs> is it just time. the Brooklyn coming out I don't. Him, or? I don't know if that's what it is or. Like if 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 he thinks that's how you're supposed to pronounce Malak, I don't. I just don't know. But I every time I hear it, it just stays with me for like an hour afterwards. Malachi, Malachi. But,
2: but so you know, we've got the guy WWE screwed up. We're all happy he's here. We're happy with what we've seen so far. He kicked Cody Rhodes' head off. He's kicked everyone's head off. He struggled with Dustin Rhodes, but he beat him. And now we have the match with him and Cody. Now if he immediately loses to Cody. Like, how can you tell me that that's what? That should, like, he doesn't challenge for a championship. Like, Cody is his championship match, basically, for this guy. I mean, we've seen this happen with a couple of the other people. How did now? Um, sorry, uh, God damn it, I keep wanting to call him Luke Harper. We, um, we don't know what would have happened with we Brody. don't know what Brody would have Lee, happened. Yeah. With, yes. Thank you. We don't know what would have happened, but we see what happened with Lance Archer, right? He's just a guy. He's fine. He's just a guy. He's there. I don't even know if he's
1: a guy. I'm being honest with you. I don't even
2: know. He wasn't. He hasn't. Been, I mean, he's. He's well, He was feuding with the MMA guy for a while, or whatever.
1: Kind of like still a thing, but maybe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> whatever uh, that's going on with, with that. Come on, he, he he beat Moxley a few weeks ago,
3: so it all, all is good.
1: I guess. I mean, I guess. Brian Cage got a big win too. How's that working out?
2: <laughs> so I, you know. Does that happen to, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I do think that, you know, that is the example. Or if you have, you know, Ruby, Ruby Soho lose the championship match, which like is fine. And then lose to Jake Cargill the next week or something. You know what I mean? Like, what, when will we be held accountable for? Well, I don't doing. I don't the know same that, shit. I don't that know
1: would actually yeah. Exactly what Glenn wants. Yeah, I don't know that Ruby Soho losing is part of the problem here. Like Ruby Soho is 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 vastly different than Dustin Rhodes. Like you know, what I mean, like this is, I, I'm in a I'm in a different place with with different people. Ruby Soho needs to be able to lose. Like she needs to be able to lose. She she can't just come no, in. My
2: point is, if she just comes in, loses two matches, and then she's like. One of the hundred oh, people yeah, that the, come out of right. yes, Dark yeah. Order or whatever. Yeah, that's you and that's a, that's a
1: different thing, right? Like that's but a that's different my thing altogether. That's it. what
2: happens to people that lose multiple matches in AEW. They inevitably join a group with five hundred other people, and that's how you see them on TV or they're on the YouTube show. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, or or they win a hundred matches that you never see. You know, <laughs> I mean,
1: there's, right? And then, and then the... there
2: will be other moments
3: to pop the crowd. I mean, that's what they're relying on is that. The more I think what they're more they're relying on
1: is the moments over the story. But how many more of those can there be? I, and, and that's the question. Like, do they run out of Like, now, like we can keep now, saying... Look, if, if Kevin Steen shows right. up at the February pay-per-view, there's another moment. Right. I, and I get that. But, like, that's not CM Punk. It, you know, for what it's worth, like... And I'm being completely honest about this. I, I know that it... Like, we're saying that it's what turned the tide and made everybody say it was the greatest pay-per-view of all time. But like, I think you kind of got your answer with Brian Danielson. Where like by Wednesday, he was guy. He was the next guy on the show, and they're gonna put him in the championship picture, and that's fine. But like, it wasn't CM Punk because there's only one of those. You
3: can only do that once. But yeah, putting I don't know. I feel like that
2: one was still pretty hot on Wednesday.
3: Yeah, putting Cole and Danielson, the guy who you know, the two we've we had an argument last year over who was the best in the world between those two. It's a big deal
1: it's a big deal but like you can't there's not another moment to come from that now they're just people on the show like the being being the company that gives you moments like you can only get so many moments
2: well and i was just gonna say how many times can you have kevin steen come out and sammy Zayn or whoever the hell else ends up and and,
3: and i think how many
2: times can you do that
3: i don't know and i think that's a flaw down the road
1: and how many times am i going to say to somebody I wasn't saying like that's a good thing i'm just saying I, that's I, what they are right I, now and and then there's the flip side of course that we're also going to ignore which is that
2: and i think we're agreeing with you aaron we're not arguing you know when, i think when, we're, we're just articulating our agreement when
1: someone said to me this week well i don't know why i should watch wwe anymore and i said back because you need to see who it is that you're going to like on AEW in a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> like that there's that side of it too like is that's the WCW thing like is that all your company is gonna be is just here come over here now and I, there's so much here that it's it's just it's so bloody confusing to me because if you just said hey I like AEW I I get that right like I would sure like AEW all you want it's flawed it's imperfect it's you know 50-50 at best in what they're doing well but like that's that's professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Like that's what we've known of professional wrestling. So if I like WWE, it would make sense that I would like AEW, because it's it's the same concept, right? Like it's you get a lot of things wrong, you get a handful of things right, you know, there's some there's a little bit of something for everybody depending on what you like. You'll find something you like, you'll find something that you hate. That's professional wrestling, right? So it makes sense that if you're a professional wrestling fan that you would like AEW, but you're not saying that. You're holding AEW up as this bastion of wrestling excellence that, by your own standards, it most certainly is not. It's it's just not that. I can't keep pretending like it's something, and I never, I guess I haven't specifically pretended that it's something <laughs> that it isn't. But I'm I'm befuddled by the lengths that we're willing to go to pretend like it's something that it isn't i'm befuddled by the lengths that we're willing to go to pretend like there wasn't another meaningless championship match on a pay-per-view i'm befuddled by all of these things and why so what they about don't about the main event of your show
2: being a guy versus basically you know japanese terry funk or whatever you know no, like I mean, I... why am i supposed uh, that... to give a living shit about that match it had nothing to do with anything. It was a. It's random not like
1: Brandon. It's not for me, but I, like I don't think I'm in a weird place with this one. This one to me is, you know, it plays to your crowd. Your crowd likes Japanese wrestling. They like Minoru Suzuki, and it was a big don't deal they to not them. Like and
2: one-offs that don't
3: mean anything, mm-hmm. but it's part of the Moxley story going through it. Like it's it's not it's a one-off match, but it absolutely is a story. I don't know what but it's leading to. it a story to, that like, you
2: have to watch eight other shows to. Know our, about I
3: mean, you, you have to be somewhat. I mean, familiar I, have, with I know Japanese nothing. Wrestling. I know, I know, yeah, I, no th- I mean, Minoru Suzuki is go. probably the third biggest Japanese name in the world behind but what, Okada. But he's, and also, but he's also
1: 53 story. years old, and that cannot yeah. be ignored. Like but I, Chris Jericho
3: yeah. like, is 53. I understand and it. It's great. part, by the way, but it's but
1: you say that it's part of the problem. What happened on Sunday? I'm saying
3: that's a problem, but. But you like Jericho being on the show, and you have liked Jericho. You said but Jericho, I have was, AEW
1: a- Jericho was AEW to launch, and then at some point you have to move on from Chris Jericho,
3: Aaron. But but think- him performing isn't the problem; it's him no. winning. And Aaron, do you think he didn't win?
2: Well, but also Chris Jericho is a huge star, so I mean, you- huge stars get more of a pass than random people. But like
3: great performers get passes, and so, I-, I I think Minoru Suzuki is in that. Do you think that match was good? No, I don't. I don't think that they they botched that completely. A the match, they was botched awful. that completely. The match. The, they they gave it eight minutes or whatever. But yes, I mean, I literally saw Moxley and Minoru Suzuki put on an unreal match last year. So yeah, I think they absolutely botched that match. But the idea of having it was not a bad idea.
2: No. In the main event at the end of the show.
3: Again, they botched the execution. of if, if it was twenty minutes at the end of the show and it was as good as the one they put on last year, it would have absolutely been the right move. But it wasn't.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. That that on my grievances again is also fairly low. I, I I am willing I am willing to say that certain things aren't for me but but can be for somebody and, and that goes back to what I just said about professional wrestling. If it's if I get fifty percent of what I like and this just isn't part of what I like or whatever, I, I I can live with that and say it's for someone and let it be for someone. That one to me is not it it's it it's it pales in comparison to the Watching Sammy Guevara come out and hold his cards up to put over Fuego Del Sol when... Oh, God. When what in the ever-loving F are we doing? Like, what...
2: Wait, let's extend MJF a little. What? You have MJF lose to Jericho to feud with Brian Pillman Jr.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's a feud as much as it's a match, but...
3: A match, you know, you set it up in Pillman's hometown. You're kind of teasing Wardlow
1: more...
0: Yeah,
3: that, I'm, I'm actually kind of I'm in on that, by the way, the, the Wardlow thing yeah, but that, in on that. But that was right. But, exactly, but, yeah. but that was so going to have mean, to happen at some
1: of that. Inevitably, that was going to have to happen at some point. Anyway, it's sh- certainly sure as hell should not have happened after he lost to Chris oh, yeah. Jericho. I mean, that definitely
3: yeah, I, mean, I, and, I planned before Wednesday to come on the show and say, God, that was the worst booking decision ever. If this isn't the end of the feud and MJF goes over Jericho. I, I don't. I still think it's a terrible idea, but at least it's forgivable. But if you're just going away from Jericho, which is all indications right now, well, yeah, that's terrible.
1: You have to get away from. You've been doing this for for how long? Like you have to. It's you have to get away from Jericho. You have to. I, I and which sucks. It sucks. It's horrendous. It's horrendous that you would end it this way. You had one choice, which was to have MJF come out over top over Chris Jericho. You didn't do that. You failed. I mean, there's just. I don't know what else there is to say. You failed. Yeah. It's a it's a it's it's to me you know, Aaron, you said it's the worst and, and you know, considering some of the ones that we're talking about, I guess I have to think about Solely
0: the... booking
3: decision. I'm I'm saying strictly choosing winner and loser.
1: <sighs> okay. Maybe yeah,
3: like the I, obviously there, there, there are worse things they've done, but
1: yeah, maybe it might be. Yeah, it might be. You might be right I, about that. It might be the worst one. It's it's really it's unthinkably stadium bad. Stadium stampede. I mean, it was bad, but like no, I mean I I don't I think
2: they with what they had set up
3: in those matches, I actually think those were the right calls. Well, didn't for both we come on
2: here and say that stadium stampede? The result of the first one was the worst booking decision in the. History of it. I, well, I
1: no. didn't find it nearly as bad. No, I, I, I bad, like it. Right? no, it was. But the point was that you had one group that was a group and one group that wasn't a group, right. and so you should have the group that's a group win the match, right? Like that, that, that's that's professional wrestling to me. Like, why would you ever have the group that isn't a group win that match? That all being said, this is a different thing. This is the trajectory of one of your of who should be. the 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 essentially face of your company and you're burying that in favor of a 50 year old man it doesn't compare
2: maybe there was a cody thing that we're not thinking about
1: what do you mean oh the decision i mean like he should never have beaten anthony gogo but that should the the, again the mat the to aaron's point the bigger problem in some of these situations were that the matches happened at all um, sure. The bigger problems were who is the the
3: Cody character is the Cody storyline, right? All of as those. As far things. as who wins, like Anthony Agogo going not going over Cody isn't the worst thing in the world. Oh. It's the fact that that storyline happened.
1: Yes, that they ever did any of that. Yes, was Fair. a massive, massive problem.
3: Uh, I I do want to twist this a little bit because we've been focusing on the the crowd side. Mick Foley's comments this week, I do think. Are so I I don't
1: I don't even know what exactly he said because I I saw a bunch of people so talking there, about it but but tell me more about that.
3: So there he did two. The first thing he did he just put out a video on Twitter on Instagram on whatever, basically saying that if he was a young uh if he was a if he was you know someone being offered a contract, well he, he said two things. One WWE is not the destination you. Is not the top destination anymore. And then, if he was offered a contract with both AEW and WWE, while before it was clear-cut, he would go to WWE. He does not know that that's the case anymore. He then went on. Um, I think it was Sean Waltman's uh, podcast uh, elaborated on that more. And then he, he's like, "Look, if WWE can't get Keith Lee right, why do we think they're going to get anybody right?" And then basically, with, and and he said this in a way of not it's so much massively un-
1: awesome but yeah, that,
3: WWE you need to get your shit together. So
1: so there's a bunch of stuff there and we can pick at it one at a time but the Keith Lee thing's a joke. Keith Lee got COVID. Like I Yeah. I mean we gotta we gotta call some some and again I'm trying I'm gonna do my best to not cuss we gotta call BS out when when we do it I, I'm not looking to defend WWE for a lot of things they've done it's, it's just but, like us
2: backpedaling on Hangman Page when we found out right that, like
1: if now again there's a lot of problems to that there, there are still a lot of problems to the Hangman Page timeline like did you really not know that like right you know there's there's a lot of things in there but certainly I but can it, understand but that it's
2: enough for me to say eh, alright let's see let's see what he
1: gets back it's complicated for me? Like, because I, I, how long do they give for paternity in AEW? Presumably he's going to be back soon, and they've got that going in a completely different direction, so I don't know. But but we, we, gotta, we gotta stop ourselves from just saying nonsensical things. We have no idea what's gonna happen with Keith Lee. Keith Lee had a very serious case of COVID. He had a massive problem health-wise, and I don't know where Keith Lee would be had it not been for that. So... McFoley Foley might have a point to make but that's a really bad way to go about making it because we know the facts in that situation and there, there's, there's just no truth to Keith Lee being the problem if you're looking at WWE. But let's, let's continue to have the conversation otherwise, right? The thing that we talked about last week I think is correct. If you are a an indie wrestler who wants to be cool, who wants to be at the place that's hip, you would prefer right now to go to AEW. With WWE coming out and saying, good, because that's where you're going to have to go. We're not interested in the cool, hip indie wrestlers. That's not the show we do. And... Your opinions about that can be your opinions about that, and I'm not, you know, I'm not really here to to tell you that I know the answer to the. I'd I'd like to think that there's room for everybody. I think that's what we said when we had the conversation the first time, but I also can't ignore that the biggest stars in WWE history weren't the cool, hip, indie wrestlers. So so what do we do about that right like what what does that mean does it matter i think my answer to mcfoley would be i don't know that it does i mean i just don't know i'm if you look like brock lesnar who's the who's the mini brock lesnar guy well, they just signed Gable Well, we know, no, that's a different, I mean, that's a different thing altogether. The guy that literally looked exactly like Brock oh, Lesnar. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, I, yeah. I know who you're talking about. If but. you look like Brock Lesnar.
2: Parker Bordeaux or
3: whatever. Pa-
1: thank you, that's exactly yes, who it is. Yeah. Parker Bordeaux. If you're that guy, you're always going to be desirous to WWE. That's who they want. They want that guy. They want superheroes. They want people that children will look at and say, that human being is larger than life. And they've gotten that right a lot. I I, I don't know how you handle this.
3: He, he he did say this. You guys did wonder with me back in the day, that was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers that be with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. I, I, so he basically said he, he acknowledges what he said. Like, you have hit a lot, but, but right Nick, now he I,
1: doesn't know. But Mick Foley Mick, to to Mick Foley's point, Mick Foley was kind of an accident, right? Like, yeah. I he's not for him. He's not wrong, but for him to say that means you have a problem. That's not the I can't I can't join that. The WWE, for all of their faults, for all of their flaws, has had a history of creating characters and personas that were truly larger than life and became obsessions of children. And they also had Bret Hart. And so you could say, hey, we'd like to think that you would still have room for Bret Hart today. You'd like to think that you would still have room for Shawn Michaels today. I'd like to think that. But for them to say, we're going to prioritize the Brock Lesnar's and the Dwayne Johnsons of the world and finding those guys, how can you tell me they're wrong to do that? That's, that's the... It's conflicting for me as a wrestling fan because I want it to be both right like I'm that meme. Why can't it be both right? I'm that guy, but how are you telling me they're wrong to look for those people when their history would suggest they do a good job of making those people stars
2: right i mean i i do think I do think we have a little bit of um what's the word I'm looking for recency biased where like it, but we don't know the reason for it, right? Like, is the recency bias because WWE hasn't, you know, has been inept in making a guy, or is it because there hasn't been a guy? You know what I mean? And and right. I and I don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't know if I can confidently tell you. I don't think any of these guys could have done, you know, could have could have done what they want if they put the machine behind them. But I also can't confidently tell you they couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, Drew McIntyre is probably the latest example of that. Right. Like, they're trying really hard with Drew McIntyre. Well, at least they were (laughs) for a minute um, to make him sort of like a face of the company. And when I say a face, I mean, like the one that changes next year, Mm -hmm. not the one that's like forever the face, like Mm -hmm. the Triple H or the Chris Jericho or the whatever. I think he's that like he or they want him to be that um so like have they been successful with that like to a degree yes i mean like chris D- drew mcintyre was jobbing to whoever two years ago like the growth that he that they've developed in him is tremendous i mean they've they definitely have made you feel like he's a and, main event and guy. with
1: massive crowds behind it when i wasn't yes. when i wasn't right. they Just had as
2: soon as SummerSlam with little fucking twenty dollar plastics blow up swords Again, so, let's get another
3: voice in here.
1: Oh! Oh, is he there? Call Miggs. Oh, call him. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll happily call Miggs. I'll do that. Um, Steve Miggs from our buddy from Mountain. Do we have to call him on the phone? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Oh, yes. that's a bummer. I don't care for that. All right.
2: I can tell you this. I don't think any of the guys that WWE has lost is that guy. You don't think Adam Cole could have been that guy? He's I think a- he could have been a guy. I don't think he's the guy. You know what and I mean. By the way, there is a bigger we talked about this. the
1: bigger problem with it, the. Ad, I refuse to believe that story that's floating around. There's oh, the, there's the no one? there's he- no way there's just <laughs> no way that's true. If
2: you t- I mean, if you told me that they were like aligned, that's one thing. Him being his manager is a whole other.
1: I mean, thing. there's, there's no way I, that's the, why we, why even have the meeting? I refuse to believe that they called a high profile meeting to pitch him on being a manager. Like but
2: to be fair, they did put that outfit on carrying cross.
1: I understand what you're saying. I understand <laughs> like, what you're saying.
3: I, I can't reject it out of hand, but I do kind of refuse to believe
1: it. There's just, just don't have the meeting. Just say, look, we, you know, you want to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. We're not, we're not doing anything with you. I, like why, why would you embarrass yourself to have that meeting? Like I don't I refuse. All right, keep talking while I call Steve Mix.
3: Oh man, yeah, I was I was gonna say that that I, I think the only the the real is that it's full. If it was anyone else saying, if it was Bret Hart saying it, whatever, Bret Hart kind of uh, you know
2: says these things about WWE. I think McFoley's kind of talked out of his ass a couple times too. He's talked
3: the- out of his ass, but he's also talked out of his ass the other way.
2: Yeah, yeah. He-, he, I think it depends on how much money he's getting from them at the time. I know. <laughs> I you know, know
3: what? That's that, That's that's fair as well. It I'm just saying.
2: I'm, I'm really saying that to be funny because, like, obviously, I don't know that, but like, yeah. it is strange how sometimes he is Team WWE and other times he's like you know hey, maybe maybe
3: he's actually one the guy who, who says what he believes on like 95% of the people but in this look, business. but again I think and
1: that's great we, we keep back. both things can be true Mick Foley sure. can be right about this except that where it ends to me is is that a problem for WWE because they're just they're telling you they're doing something different they're, speaking
3: of new stars
1: do we have Migs yet Yeah, hang on a second I, do. I, I gotta do a I gotta do a funky audio thing to make this work alright here's here's Steve Migs Steve Migs how you doing pal? yo What's up, buddy? How are hey! you hey.
0: It's been too <laughs> long. Balance.
1: Been too long, buddy. It's good to it's good to hear your voice. Um, you, I, I just saw recently you cracked the uh, the top five hundred, right? You I did, yeah.
3: I, I awesome. Like the most accomplished wrestler in jobbing out, Steve Mix.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it says it says Keita Murray as the name on my uh, my ranking, but if you read the blurb, it says he had to beat me, so. I feel like we share the honor of being Correct. In the top 500. <laughs> That's
1: a fact. That is a fact. You made the top 500. Uh it's good to talk to you buddy. I'm glad that you're <laughs> here. <laughs> it's um, good to hear from you guys. We're having a conversation and 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 I got to admit to you that I'm I'm kind of lost. I would just want to I'm just going to ask you a question generically, all right? Okay. And I I don't want to start there. What did you think of all out on Sunday night?
0: Loved it. Okay? Loved it. Absolutely. I and look, also understand that with a little kid I have not been able to watch it all and I uh, you can get me going on forever about how I think Bleacher Report is the worst freaking way to watch something because I couldn't beam it to my, it was a mess. But so I missed like the Eddie Kingston match, although I heard that was really good. So I plan on going back to that, but absolutely love the CM Punk match because I'm just a CM, CM Punk fan and Darby Allen. I really enjoyed the, the pacing. Um, I, I thought the cage match was great, but it's like one of those matches I probably will never watch again. It's like watching a train wreck and it was very enjoyable, but that's not my style. Yep, and I, and I love Christian Cage and Omega. So based on those matches, and I love seeing Ruby Soho. To me, it was a fantastic pay per view.
1: Okay, all right, um,
0: worth but, every penny.
1: But you didn't say it was the greatest pay per view of all time. Like you're not you're not going that far, are you? No. Okay, all right, um, all right. All
0: right this... n- no, I wouldn't say it's the greatest pay per view But
1: this is a far more reasonable take. There's lots of that out there, Steve Mix. There's lots of this is the the greatest thing I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. There's a lot of those. And those, when I'm
0: smoking pot a lot, I was saying every concert I went to was the greatest concert. I I ever that, that
1: is, that is fair. I, by the way, there's—I still feel that way a lot of times, even when I'm not smoking pot. I'm just—that's the nature of recency bias.
0: So yeah, there's a lot of hyperbole. I think with anything that, that we watch, or you know, people just want everything to be the greatest, and I'm guilty of that a lot of times. But. I thought it was a fantastic pay-per-view. I, I, I didn't see anything wrong with
1: it. I didn't think it was as good as you do, but I thought, like I, I said, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable and obviously it had a high moment at the end, right? Like that the, yeah. the finish of the pay-per-view would leave everybody on a high. And so I, I certainly think that was quite pleasant. But in all, I thought it was it was good. I thought it was fun. I didn't think it was. I'm not quite as high on, on it as you are and not nearly as high on it as a lot of people are, but... You know, I I, I did. I, I certainly don't think it was a bad pay per view or anything along those lines.
0: I but would put it as my favorite AEW pay per view, though, for sure. Um, I have to think about that. Yeah, I'd have
1: to think about it too. I don't yeah. have I don't have a retort for it, but I'd also I'd say I'm not sure how high that bar is. Sure. I'd have to think about that when I say it. But I I, I we're diving into this this question because I am. I know I'm an a-hole. Like I'm aware of that. I know I'm a curmudgeon. I know I'm all of those things. I'm a cynic. I'm 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 whatever I am. But I'm struggling with something, Miggs, and I'm 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 looking for help, right? Okay. And I'm I'm hoping you can help me. And and Aaron's like trying to play the role, but like he kind of knows that I'm I'm right about a lot of what I say, and so like he's struggling. So we're trying to find outside help with this. Why is it that? The same things that we complained about for years as professional wrestling fans um part timers, older performers um you know people that just show up going over young talent that you're trying to establish as stars, like Chris Jericho going over m j f like c m Punk going over Darby Allen, although again. Like, that one not to me as big of a deal. Like, Sammy Guevara not even having a spot on a show like this. Sure. Um, Orange Cassidy being relegated to a Super Friends pre-show match. Why that thing that we complained about for so many years as professional wrestling fans, why do we not care about that all of a sudden? Why do we not care about the fact that and I, this may be typical because you're openly admitting you're a Christian Cage guy, right? So this might be tough. But why right. do we not care that the the championship matches at at AEW pay-per-views have largely been have never been the culmination of a blood feud, have been something that was building for months and have more regularly been something that was thrown together in a couple of weeks that didn't really make a whole lot of sense and yet we did it anyway. Why why does that not why do these things that we've complained about for so many years not bother us? Why are we willing to ignore that when it comes to AEW?
0: You know, um, so first of all, like for me, I never gave a crap about the part-time. I love when The Rock shows up. I'm excited when Edge is back. I'm excited when Batista makes appearances. But I think there are a lot of hypocrites in any form of fandom, okay. and I think we're really seeing that. You're not wrong. I think there are a lot of people who are okay with this because these are their favorites. These are their internet dollars. Look, I love CM Punk, and a lot of people clearly do as well, and he can do no wrong in the eyes of anyone, but if this was Batista, this would be a completely different argument. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of hypocritical wrestling fans. I've probably been guilty of it myself as well, but in this situation, I can confidently say, I'm just happy when I see whatever wrestler I'm a fan of. If you're doing your part, to, if John Cena makes an appearance twice a year, I'm stoked to see him. It's probably better. I don't want to see him every month. I don't want to see him every week. So I like what we're seeing right now with AEW. I do think it's going to be a really interesting thing for them to figure out when it comes to their up-and-coming talent, because how do you keep this many people when you don't give them enough TV time, even if you add more shows? But wrestling fans that have never, that that were like, you know, anti-Batista, anti-Brock Lesnar, anti-this-that, and the other thing, and probably agreeing with CM Punk back in the days when he was giving those wrestlers a hard time as well, all of a sudden being like, this is the greatest thing ever. I don't care that this guy's part-time because it's their favorite. It's that, I don't have a good answer for you other than wrestling fans, just like any fan of anything, are hypocrites and only apply their arguments when it's convenient for them.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean... It's kind of what I thought it was, for what it's worth. It's kind of what I, I mean, thought it was.
2: Actually, just, just to bring it back to something else, like I can see that because you know I'm going to see the Foo Fighters tonight, the 930 Club. My favorite band of all time. And like I can admit that they have done some mediocre to bad things, but I probably wouldn't admit it to you. You know what
1: I mean? Right. Like,
2: like that band is like they can do no wrong, but they can't right, like, really if, gonna
1: talk shit about if it. If somebody you know I mean? if somebody else said it, you would fight them. Whereas I'm
2: still buying like three variants of the new vinyl and I'm still gonna go to <laughs> right. all the shows and I'll probably never fucking listen to it ever again, but like yep. I'll tell you that album was good.
0: Yeah, I don't I got know, like, I, I,
2: I, and sometimes I sit down and I say, wait, you're wrong, that's not good, why did you tell that person it's good? <laughs> and I, that's, I'm like that about that band, right? And so, like, I can relate to someone who wants something to be their thing, you know? Like,
1: I get it. I think that's right. the only the only issue I have, Migs, is like I, I like AEW. I think AEW is good. I think like every other professional wrestling company, they're flawed. You know what I mean? Like 100%. But but you can't have a professional wrestling company that isn't flawed. It's impossible to exist in this world you can imagine what a professional wrestling. wrestling okay all right, yeah, guess, all right. that I is i guess i can blow analogy
2: and say i would never <laughs> tell you that the latest foo fighters album is the album of the year <laughs> i would never tell you that yeah you
1: right? wouldn't say like, that of course not so. no i i am I, I like i don't think it can be done i like aew i think aew is good but if i don't like something in wwe i'm i can't sit here and pretend to tell you that it's okay when it happens in aew which was, it was always going to be the case. You can't start a professional wrestling company, particularly one that wants to make money. Like, you can't do that without having to do some things that just aren't good. Like, that's the nature of the way that this works. I just, I am kind of blown away by the utter unwillingness to acknowledge that sometimes and to just pretend like something is a bastion of, of wrestling perfection, That it isn't. And nobody can answer me why it's okay that Sammy Guevara has been buried. I mean, buried as a professional wrestler in the last couple of months. No one wants to address that. We just want to, you know, CM Punk's here. So, who cares that Sammy Guevara might as well be dead at this point,
0: right? Like, I mean, look at it like at FTR when they first joined AEW. mm, This is incredible. And all of a sudden, like, when do we get to see them? Not very often. But nobody's saying anything about that because then, like you said, like, Brandon, like you even said, like, no one wants to admit that the whole record's not great. Because it's just, and then all of a sudden you're allowing your, the people that you're arguing with to have an upper hand for a second. When it's like, well, why are we even arguing about this? If you like wrestling, you like wrestling. You don't have to like everything. So, by I the way, it, it,
1: it might be a better, the, the point that you might be making, makes, and I wish AJ was here to hear this, like, the point that you might be making is, all of the people that were screaming about WWE are just assholes like that might be like what it is <laughs> that that we're saying is that the, the 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 problem isn't that they're not complaining about AEW the problem is that they were ever complaining to begin with like that that any professional wrestling fan that was choosing to complain was just a jerk right like that might be the greater point that we can make and there's probably an amount of truth to that although i think that we can acknowledge like objectively that there are things that, that WWE did poorly and, and there sure. are things that AEW does poorly. Like, it's things then that then the like Foo fighters, that fighters do poorly. Sports,
0: like, I think about, like, even with sports, this is going to age me, but, like, you know, growing up big Devils fan, I freaking hated Claude LeBue. What a passion when he was on the he was, a, like, he was, was He was a cheap
1: was, shot artist. Like, he, that guy was a... That was BS, man.
0: Right, right. He was like uh, with, uh, the guy in the capitals, Tom... Tom David. Wilson, yes. Tom Wilson. He was the Tom Wilson of the New Jersey Devils growing up. So at the time, he was a Canadian. I hate him. He got signed to the Devils. My all-time favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> he's a horror. He's that the, thing in the world. But right. That's kind of what it is with wrestling. Like you, you probably loved Brian Daniel Bryan, but now you're like Brian Danielson sucks because he's on, on AEW. He's a sellout. You know? What I mean, like it's so funny how why do we have such weird allegiances to just the the three letters, but not to the wrestlers? Like that. To me, it's like, but that's, i don't know like that's just how people think like, no it's
1: it's, like you... it's 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 tribal it's definitely tribal there's no question yeah. about that and the, and the bigger problem to me is i i i can acknowledge the things that are really good in a w and that i like and then uh, mjf might be the greatest performer living today you know what i mean like there is no one that is as sharp as constantly as mj MG- and he nice. has and look i'm not trying to say he never misses he has some misses and they went way over the top this week and i I really wish they would have reined some of that in, but, like, I get it, what they're trying to do. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to acknowledge there's been nothing better in professional wrestling on television for a year now than Roman Reigns. Like, we, right. we can't pretend like that's not the case. Like, Roman Reigns has been the best thing in all of professional wrestling. And both things can be true, and that's okay. And you can watch these shows, and that's cool, but pretending like one is amazing. and the, well, Except for Raw. Raw sucks. <laughs> like, I can't get over <laughs> it. Dude,
0: um, I haven't watched Raw in fun.
1: I do. You, but God tell bless him, wait, you.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Glenn, tell me your gatekeeping thing. It's like, we oh, can yeah. say we like Roman Reigns, but it's like... You know, normally, right. WWE sucks. Right,
1: but, but yeah, Roman correct, <laughs> correct. It's definitely, I had. A, I did a whole thing about gatekeeping not all that long oh. ago. Like, it is, gatekeeping
0: is the, is the bane of, I think, every art in this world. It, you I, say that, I, I except 10. it
1: was the thing that, that I needed, at some point in my life as a young pot-smoking white man, I needed to yeah. learn to stop being obsessed with the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> and thankfully, <laughs> there were gatekeepers... And because they existed, and I realized how terrible they were, it made me want to get away from the thousands of dollars I was spending every year on the Dave <laughs> Matthews Band. So as it turns out, they were a necessary part of my life, gatekeeper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but his cover of All On the Watchtower is still one of the greatest. Um, live I'm not. By the way, I still
1: think I still think they make better music than people give them credit for. It's yeah. just that. I needed to stop going and seeing them 20 times every summer all over the country because I needed to get you know, like more direction in my life and, and yeah. do productive things. Things along those lines. But thankfully, running into their gatekeepers and realizing how big of an a-holes they were made me say, I don't want to be here any longer. I know. that's longer.
2: a lot of grilled cheese
0: sandwiches.
1: Bro. Oh, it's so many grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so many.
0: We're, dude, we're, we're just here now here in Seattle with, you know, we, we're about a couple months from having a, an NHL friend. Yeah, right the Kraken. Yeah. With the Kraken. And it's like, I'm a lifelong hockey fan. And it is annoying as all hell to listen to some of my hockey friends, like giving people shit for trying to learn about hockey. I'm like, motherfuckers, like we don't are ha- we're all day one cracking cats. Like correct let's stop trying to make people feel bad because they don't know what icing is. Like let's teach them as opposed to yep. shitting on them. Welcome on welcome
1: aboard. Welcome aboard. One hundred percent. Glad that you thank thank you. The- thank you for liking the thing that I like or trying to like the thing that I like. How can I
0: help I, you get there? And I've always said wrestling and hockey there were always parallels for me because when I met someone that liked one of those, I knew I could have a fun conversation with them. It was never like, I'm going to try and prove I know more about it. But then people have that mentality.
1: Oh, oh, it's so gross. It's so Speaking gross. Of wrestling and
0: hockey, did you guys, have you guys watched that Netflix documentary, The Crime and Penalties? No. It's about this mob. The guy that was based on Tony Soprano, I guess, like that, that Jimmy Galante. That's he's a mobster. He bought his son a minor league hockey team and let oh. his son be the general manager at 17 years old. Mind you, he also, his son is a huge uh, wrestling fan. He had pretty much the attitude ever show up to his birthday party when he was a kid, like The Rock and Triple H. John Cena shows up. I saw those pictures that you shared. Dude, it's it's, it's fucking amazing. If you like (laughs) wrestling and hockey, it's the greatest documentary. And in Monsters, too. It's the greatest documentary ever. Okay,
1: all right, all right. It's going. I'm in. Yep, 100%. 100%. 100%. The next time we talk, I promise you, I will have viewed this. I promise yeah. you that I will have viewed this.
0: No, the uh, kid that runs the hockey team is a big wrestling fan. And you can actually say like, he kind of has the wrestler mentality and how he created this hockey team of goons. It's awesome.
1: <sighs> all right. All right. All right. Damn it. I wish I would have watched before we talked. Oh, I wish we would have watched before we talked. All right. You're going to have to come on next week then. That's just the yeah. way that it was going to go so we can talk more about it. Um, uh, what's going on in your world? So tell me what, what you know. Danhausen? Yeah, oh, right. Not that's not that's not nothing. That's not, not a big deal.
0: So, dude, like, you know how, like, people who, like, did the joke of wrestlers, in the sense, is, like, you make that list. I've never, like, made, like, an actual list where I put it on, like, you know, I've been wrestling for a couple of years now, on the independent level here, but in my back of my mind, I had, like, a handful of guys that I've always wanted to work, and within the last couple of months, it's been very weird, like, I've been very lucky, and I, I, I you know, I'm also, like, busting my ass to try and get to that point where... Promoters can trust me with these fly-ins, but the main two guys were Warhorse and Danhausen. I was like, I just want to work those guys. I never told a promoter; it was just kind of like in my own head, and like in a weird way, maybe I willed it to existence, or you know, I just love those kind of characters in wrestling. Like that's my style. And uh, a couple months ago, I got to work Warhorse, which was awesome. But the number one guy for year a couple of years now, has been Danhausen, and I just worked a match with him at Without a Cause, and dude, it was. It was everything I, it, it sounds kind of like cheesy, but it was everything I hoped and more. Like, not only was the match fun, I mean, it wasn't like a five-star classic, but that's because I'm not a five-star classic wrestler. Um, but it was the crowd, basically, everyone that was there, they bought tickets to see Danhausen. And, and we gave them the greatest hits at the Danhausen and had a lot of fun. And, you know, the crowd's cursing me out the minute I get out there. They're chanting, fuck Steve Miggs. And so I yell at him <laughs> because I'm like, these are your fans and you're letting them curse at me. So then. He reprimands, he reprimands the fans, and for the rest of the match, the, the crowd is coming up with, like, F Steve Miggs, D- verified butthole, uh, you know, like, all these non Heck Steve Miggs. It was so fun just to, like, be in the middle of this match and listening to this crowd coming up with more and more creative ways to basically tell me to fuck off without saying the bad words. Oh,
1: that's tremendous. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. I
3: I need to know something. How did you not accidentally swallow any teeth?
0: That was a very weird sensation. Like, you know, you can mentally be ready for something like that, but, you know, he he knocks me down, pours the teeth in the mouth, and you feel these teeth hit the back of your throat. And it's like, you know, like, you genuinely do want to just start vomiting if that makes like not like it's not like disgusting in taste it's just like whatever they were it's teeth <laughs> but whatever it's they were teeth <laughs> <laughs> it was weird dude and then kicks in the face I've never been more happy to spit teeth out of my mouth and then, <laughs> you see people like picking up the teeth on the ground I'm like man I guess Ew. you forgot what world we're in right now but like thanks for collecting my saliva cover.
1: Oh, teeth, I guess. oh <laughs> gross, gross. I want one. Go back and find one for me. I want one. Yeah, right? <laughs> by,
0: the,
2: by, the, by the way, the weirdest thing ever. So I listen to um, Conan O'Brien's podcast. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. And he does one that's like, you know, with a celebrity. But they started doing Conan O'Brien Wants a Fan. And they do yeah. like one or two fans a week that he'll bring on chat for 10 minutes. And Dan Housen was one of them.
0: Yeah, He was the first, I think.
2: Well, Oh, yeah, sorry, he was yep. the first one. And it's an outstanding, like, having him tell Conan O'Brien what he does and hear the reaction yep. <laughs> to what he does is so amazing. Yeah, well, you Marco. feel like
0: how inspired by The Simpsons the Dan Housen character is and also inspired by yeah. Conan. So it's like he's telling Conan basically, like, a wrestling character that Conan probably could have created in, in like, some kind of workshop in the, in the Simpsons' world, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Man. man. It, it was
0: and, dude, and that you guy, like, him. just I mean what a brilliant mind. I mean it was it was fun playing a match and putting it together and you know, the funniest part was before we even had the match, a fan showed up in the alley, which is not sketch at all, but wanted to say hi to Danhausen, gave him a box of cereal, uh Count Chocula. And so then I was like, oh, nice, thanks, I appreciate this. Very odd, but, you know, very odd, very evil, I guess. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, perfect. And then the guy pulls out, like, 28 by 10s that he printed, oh, wanting Dan Housen oh. to sign them as, like, a thank you for the $5 box of cereal. I'm just like, man, talk about.
1: What a what a you uh, just
0: went from coolest fan to worst yeah, person on the planet. a wrestling weirdo. fan in a nutshell right there. God. Sometimes. <laughs> in your head, you're like, this, this guy's clearly going to try and sell these things. You know, Dan in this weird predicament of, like, you're my fan, you brought me a gift, but now you want me to sign a bunch of things that I'm selling at my merch table. Like, right. kind of weird. Right. But the best part, though' we're like, the match starts, he comes out and he's holding the box of cereal. <laughs> he used <laughs> it in the match. Okay. Match, match ends, I beat him, not a big deal, and I grab the cereal pour pour it all over him. Oh, that's a 10.
1: On... <laughs> oh, it's a 10.
0: God. It was so much fun, dude. Okay.
1: And, yeah. I want to recap. You you have your uh, your highly successful radio show. Uh, you have your band. Right. And sometimes you're the drummer for Stone Temple Pilots.
0: Yeah, one whole time, but it still. But sometimes. Hey, I was on Wikipedia for a fe- for a second before someone fixed it. You're sometimes
1: the drummer for Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, and I have a, I have a
2: show with them coming up. You can always be the drummer at that show.
1: That yeah. Right. right.
0: If you can tell the DeLeo brothers, I miss them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> for the call.
1: You let, let's let's continue. You have a pizza named after you. Yes. You have a beer named after you. He
0: uh, yeah, has no, a championship uh, belt. A, a sushi roll.
1: A sushi roll. Yeah. You've you've worked with Dan Housen and Warho- Warhorse. Yes. You have a kid. Yes. Are you about to die or something? Like I, this is. <laughs> This is a lot, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way, yeah.
1: Some people don't normally have this, like, much. many good things. I guess AJ's had a lot of good things happen to him, too. But, like, this is a lot of really good things that have happened to you in, like, a, a small amount of time.
0: I have to dude, the last couple of years have been pretty surreal. I mean, it's obviously been a weird time. Like, I feel weird, like, telling people that have been dealing with so much bullshit in the last couple of years. Like, 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 yeah, my life, years of my life is great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you guys, but All I'm right. fucking loving this world, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, know, I mean
3: COVID cost you the most because you g- lost your match with Orange Cassidy.
0: Clearly that was the worst yeah. thing that happened. So I mean you guys really should feel bad for me. I do. I feel terrible for you. <laughs>
2: really terrible. I had to get man. cancer just to go to, to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> 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 so
0: you get it. I like, think good things happen eventually. You got to Mi- it to WrestleMania
1: <laughs> Migs, is, Migs is over here having matches with Danhausen and having everything on the planet named after him. You're like, I got cancer. So
0: <laughs> Dude, and for me, like, it's so funny, like, sometimes now it's gotten to a point where, like, when it would happen, I'm like, that's really surreal and cool, but now I'm like, oh, I could use that as part of my douchebag celebrity gimmick for the the, the verified Steve Miggs thing. I oh, presently. no, it's perfect.
1: It's perfect. No so question. Like, like,
3: and, and when, when does, wait, on... when does the douchebag thing become reality, though?
0: <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> I gotta start believing my own hype.
1: Oh, God. But it's so
0: hard. Like, sometimes I'll, like, make these promos, and I'm like, God, man. I hope the guy that I'm wrestling gets it, you know, like, that this is – and thankfully, like, guys like Warhorse, like, instantly got what the character was all about before I even, like, had to, like – even Dan House was like, dude, I loved your promo, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. Because you don't know. Like, for all they know, they're coming in, there's this guy that truly believes that he's, like, God's gift to radio and, 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 and entertainment in Seattle, bragging about all these stupid things that I've been very lucky to have, but I also recognize they're very ridiculous.
1: That is uh, remarkable. Remarkable, man. I'm, I I don't know what to say, than I'm really happy for you, dude. I'm really yeah. happy for you. Um, I,
0: I think the highlight was at the last Defy show. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have ever had a chance to talk to Shaft.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had Shaft on. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Shaft's like the greatest. He's like one of my absolute favorites, not only just as a person, but in the ring, he's great. And man, the promos he's been cutting recently just in Chicago and also with Defy, have been like, like, indie wrestling, Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque. Like, I just love what he's doing. But we were just hanging out in the back room, and he just goes, Migs, you make no sense to me. And I it's like, <laughs> that might be the best compliment I've ever received. Like, you got a gig, so it's not like you're doing the wrestling thing for money. Like, y- you have a gig where you get, like, you know, you're doing entertainment stuff, and now you're doing this, and, like, actually doing it at a high level, and you're, like, risking your well-being so that you could do it like you make zero sense to me and i'm like yeah dude you you and my wife both have the same exact feelings so <laughs> like, i i just if i could get a chance to do something i'm not i'm not gonna like like even with the stone temple pilot thing it was just throwing on a stupid interview we were doing with them and i mentioned how like my band like some of the stuff we've been writing has a very like stone temple pilot-esque vibe and i've been always in, in influenced by the drumming and the style and they're like oh you play drums you want to play drums with us like, what am I going to say,
1: no? Yeah, right, but that, that sounds like a terrible way to spend the uh, evening. Yeah, I think I'll pass. Thanks a lot. Like, I'm good. I got, I uh, my my daughter's got stuff going on. I just don't think I can make it. I'm sorry.
0: Like, and no, DeLeo yes, brothers.
1: I, like, I will not play drums with you. Yeah.
0: Right. And even when I said yes, I was like, they're not going to actually, die. that was just for the, the radio bit. Like, you know, like, they were just having fun. They don't even have the, at the time, they didn't have a tour date scheduled in Seattle. Like, it was like, just on a whim. Then we interviewed them to promote, because they were playing our radio station festival, and they were like, Hey, you're still gonna play drums with us? I'm like, oh, that was really a thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, on the day of like the festival, I'm like, yeah, I brought like I'm I'm ready. Like, but when they showed up, they introduced me. Like, they're like, so do you want to practice it before we do it, or are you good?
1: Oh, and I'm like,
0: and I'm like, so we're really doing this? like yeah. I was what like, song oh, did You, like, play? you guys want to practice it? I will, but I I, I know the song and you look like you're busy eating lunch, so it's up to you guys. What what song? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we appreciate that. We really don't want to practice it. We just figured we should check. <laughs> and then my buddy and I were both like, you guys still don't know if we really know the song. Like, you're taking a massive chance because my buddy Glenn and I, we both, he played guitar up there as well, my bandmate and my good friend. And they're like, yeah, you're right, but you would be a different level of cocky if you really were like still like playing <laughs> this game with us, and you didn't know how to play the song.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be okay. Wait, wait, hang on a second though. Brandon asked an important question. What song oh, was it?
0: Oh, uh, a sex type thing.
1: Okay, all right. So oh, nice. it, it's a song you know, of course. Like it's yeah, a song. Well,
0: so that was in like, what song do you want to play? I'm like, I could pick any. And right. So like, yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna pick the song that made me fall in love with you guys, and that was sex type thing. Like that's, and also in the back of my mind, like this is an easy drumming song. That even if I'm super nervous, there's a very good chance I could power through it. Whew. You know, I was I was like, I'm not going to go with something that's super complex because I don't want to have to deal with that stress.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Like just get okay. through. Yeah, correct. High five everybody afterwards, and and you're good. That's
0: that's dude, god. Dude, the most surreal part of that whole thing was the whole moment was surreal. Playing like so, sort of there's a moment where uh, Dean DeLeo, I mean Robert DeLeo, the the bassist. He kind of comes over by the drum riser, We're like 30 seconds into the song, and I'm thinking, this is the moment of truth. Either he's going to look at me like, hey, you're going too slow. You're going too fast. Like, quit fucking up. And so I'm looking at him, and like my heart's racing. I'm still playing. And he just gives me this big-ass smile. And I can beat his lips. He just goes, fuck yeah. <laughs> I <I'm> don't <like>, oh. <laughs> Then Dean DeLeo comes over and gives me like the, the nod as well. And then the singer, Jeff Good comes over. And I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. The song ends. You know, they, they, they pull me out to the front of the stage. The crowd's going crazy because it's our radio station festival. So, I mean, like, I'm I'm, I'm playing. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm in, a good, I'm in a good spot with our audience. You're in a safe
1: place, yes.
0: Right. Walk off the stage. Who's standing on the side of the stage watching the whole thing? It's Gavin Rosdale from Bush. No. Because sh- they're playing that show, too. And I'm like, as I'm walking, he goes, hey, good job. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. <me a> real- <laughs> Take, like, four more steps later, I'm like, that was a really handsome man fuck that was gavin Rosdale that just
1: said good job i really wish you would have turned around and said thanks gavin Rosdale from bush i yeah, really know you
0: need a drummer yeah i
1: really <laughs> wish you would have done that god all right well yeah. you know just a terrible obviously a terrible uh you're i'm is your, like your paypal open for people to donate to you after you've had like such a miserable <laughs> couple of nice. years
0: do, do we need to go to go make a wish here yelling. or something like that uh, catch me on OnlyFans uh, as well. Shoo.
1: Shoo. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go there myself. Uh, can we plug anything for you, or is your life too good? Is your life it just simply up. too good? My
0: life's that... Too good,
1: man. Like, don't plug me. Plug one of you guys. Like,
0: you guys need that. To... Okay. No, oh my God! <laughs> wow. Oh my God!
1: Hey, we can't plug Yeah. Steve
0: Mix coming <laughs> out right there. <laughs> Yeah,
2: we can play Stone Temple Pilots coming Park. to Ramsen in Baltimore yeah, on November
1: yeah. 9th. Yeah, go to that show. Don't go to do anything yeah. Miggs does. He doesn't need it. Don't do any of Don't that. Steve I mean, heck
0: Steve Miggs. Yeah. <sighs> That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dan Haslin's going to be A really mad. Verified Cur- <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm Steve Miggs is how you follow him, and and he'll probably be popping up. I'm pretty sure next week we're gonna find out that like he's got he's in the next season of Ozark. I'm pretty sure that's the trajectory (laughs) that Miggs is on right now. Is that they're 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 bringing Okada
3: to the SOS Island and he's gonna wrestle him? God, right?
0: I know. Like like, it's like I gotta now create like a new wish list in my head of like that could put into the universe of hoping that uh I don't know like you know I want I, I want Jay Lethal. But I want him as Black Machismo.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. You get. Why not? Make. This is a problem. uh, Promise. If you get Juice Robinson, I'm flying out for it. That is a promise. A
0: promise. I don't even think I'm wrestling him. I would just be happy to be in a locker room listening to that guy talk. No
1: friggin' doubt, man. No friggin' doubt about it uh Mig's, oh, yeah, I mean, you'll
0: catch me on AEW next week i'll be on elevation yeah yeah <laughs> nice little
1: life you got going nice he's actually oh guys i didn't even mention to you i got a i got a cameo in the next marvel film like god what an <laughs> a-hole you are he he goes
3: over uh the hulk in the next hulk movie <laughs> <Right>. or
1: whatever <laughs> correct god he actually pins groot which is really weird <laughs> Uh, Miggs, I love you. Um, I, oh, I love you guys. I, we, miss, so we, we miss you, pal. Let's talk again real soon, all right?
0: And, and watch that documentary, man. I yeah, yeah. You guys we're, we're yeah, yeah. We're
1: 1, in. Yeah, 1, 1,000%. We will talk I, about that.
0: positive you'll love it. Your, your jaw will drop the entire time. Like, someone some to the best, it was like, like, if they pitched this as a story arc in The Sopranos, somebody would be like, no, that is too ridiculous. It's not believable. <laughs> wow. That's how crazy the story. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a big and sell. The,
0: and the kid... Uh, the mobster, his son's name is AJ. It's, it's- a- <laughs> of course it is. Of course it <laughs> is. Right?
1: Something to be said. Something to be said. All right, buddy. Love you. Take care, fellas. Steve Thank Miggs. You, that's our guy. Love him. God, nice, little, nice little stretch for Steve Miggs. What a time it is to be him. Jesus Christ life. Anyway,
3: I, like... I got to run before I tear my ACL like the rest of you Baltimore people. So. Oh,
1: thanks for that. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Not Dude, like...
2: I saw that pop up while we were talking to Migs, and I was yeah. freaking
1: out. I, I, was don't really, the... I don't really care. I, it's just going to cause me a lot of work. It's the real problem <laughs> that I have. All right, uh, Aaron, you want to plug? Le'Veon Bell's your number one guy. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Tyson that. Williams, come on. I know. Uh, what do you want to plug? Plug something. Uh, ch- check out VEASAN,
3: where now, if you have YouTube TV and you have the Sports Plus package, which includes NFL Red Zone, you can get VEASAN on YouTube TV now, so check out the nightcap every day, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 10 Pacific, with Tim Murray and Chucky. Of course, follow me on Twitter, at TheAoster, where I'll probably be ranting, or not ranting, raving about the idea of uh, Gable Stevenson for the next few days, because... I think they could make—we right, didn't get to talk about it this way, but I'll talk about it more next week—the uh, biggest debut in WWE
1: history. Maybe. This maybe. I mean, I, I'm excited about it. We will talk a little bit more about it. I'm excited about it. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. At the Aoster right. on Twitter. That's uh, Aaron Oster. I, I can't stay much longer, Brandon, but let's wrap up because we haven't talked to right. any WWE at all. Yes, uh, Gable Stevenson. It started coming out a couple days ago, finally was made official today as we tape on Thursday that he is coming to WWE it, he always looked like the perfect fit for WWE. He has a ton of mainstream appeal. It's it's good for everybody involved. He's going to continue to wrestle at Minnesota. In the meantime, there's the thought that he's going to try to compete again for the Olympics in three years, and so he'll be doing both. He's going to be training. He's going to remain in Minnesota, and they're going to send... This is how much they push for Gable Stevenson. Like They're going to send trainers to work with him in Minnesota as he continues to wrestle. Now does that become a problem at some point? Like, can you really do both of these things? I don't know. We'll find that out. Um, but it, it
2: definitely could lead to him being a bigger star by doing all that
1: stuff. Yes. 1000% the case. Uh, it does seem like a complete no brainer. And this goes back to why, like I struggle with Mick Foley trying to tell you, me that it's a problem. Like, again, I get it. Mick Foley might not go sign with WWE right now. And you know, whoever the, the next ring of honor star might not go sign, with WWE right now, but that the notion that that means that WWE is in trouble, I can't join you there. Like they're they're acknowledging they they're not looking for the next Mick Foley. They're not looking for the next, um, you know, uh, Adam Cole. And well, I those
2: are, and those are two different thoughts, right? It's like it's like them whether they want those guys or not, you know, versus whether it impacts their business or not.
1: Those are two different things. Yeah, they are two different things. Um, and and I don't disagree with people that say, like, you shouldn't be ignoring that route for finding talent. Totally. I, don't, totally. I don't disagree with that. But you're not going to get me to buy that that's going to end up dooming WWE or that it hurts them or they're in trouble or anything along those lines. It's just they're going to do a different thing. And while we're seeing that there is more appetite for indie type wrestlers than maybe there was or was acknowledged 10 years ago. 10 years ago, people didn't believe that indie style wrestling was big business. And AEW is proving that it can be. Like it can be big business with the right, you know, combination of people around. They're proving that. And that's bully you know like i'm for it but the notion that that means that that's going to hurt wwe i I still keep coming back to you can say hey at some point this bubble bursts. there's only so many dollars that can be spent on professional wrestling you can't help but lose some of your traction in the process maybe maybe but let there be actual tangible signs that that's the case then mick foley saying i might not have signed wwe to which wwe says okay that's that's you weren't really who we were looking for. That's not really what yeah. like, we're going to end up doing. Um, they're they're going all in. You know, you you joked about it last week, but they're going to do the everybody's competing for the same titles thing. On I, this, just goes back to why it's such a problem. There's there's a bigger issue here. Like they still haven't announced when the draft might be. Um, I guess no, we they have it's, it's did October 1st they, did they Baltimore. officially announce it's at Baltimore or did it's
2: so Aaron pointed out that we were all dumb because we were all sharing that link for the Baltimore event and it literally said draft in the um, But they
1: still haven't like I they haven't announced that though. They haven't like
2: it the commercial so now the commercial for the Baltimore show does say all superstars will be there for the um For the WWE draft. It's a WWE draft night in Baltimore is what I believe. But like it's still sort of. They haven't said it on the show. And that's what makes
1: it weird right. Like it makes it weird that like all this stuff is out there. But they're not telling you that it's really happening. Here's
2: the one thing that doesn't make it weird. The one thing that doesn't make it weird. Is that we know that they are about short attention span theater. And that's a month away. I could see them making that announcement next week on Raw or something. You know what I mean. Because that's within the window of when you think people are paying attention uh, otherwise, you're just saying it a hundred times for the next four weeks, which, you know, they have done, too.
1: But That's also true. That's also true. Um, you know, but that's... It's sort of why, as we keep talking about, it's why they're doing these, like, super house showy things. Um, and they're going to continue to do them through the pay-per-view. At least... I do think well, it's... I
2: don't think that's why they're doing... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You meant on the sh- actual show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Correct. Sorry. Correct. That's why um, they're going to... And look, I... At least it's better to do the house show right at, like, it, they're not doing the draft before the pay-per-view. At least they're going to do it after the pay-per-view. That is, it's a very, I'm giving them credit for something I shouldn't give them credit for. It's a very low bar, but credit for that. It's, it's a better thing than doing it before. I will
2: give you one asterisk to that. What? When is the Saudi Arabia show?
1: Oh, I don't even know.
2: It's October something, right? Oh,
1: is it? Hang on a second. I'll tell you.
2: There is a chance (laughs) that matches for that are announced before the draft. Uh, The
1: Saudi Arabia show is... Crown Jewel is... It is in October. You're right about that. You're right about that. Crown Jewel. What the hell is the date? All right. I'll tell you in two seconds. I wanted
2: to say it was like the 15th or something like that, or the
1: 17th, or... Uh they um, they just have October listed here. Uh, October 21st. Here we go. So yeah, oh, I well, think, then we're okay. Yeah, it should 3 weeks 3 weeks apart. That should be okay. Yep, I agree with that. Um anything else that you wanted to cover from WWE this week?
2: I mean, I think I I like um God, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what... Right, this is this what, is what was, I was talking
1: about at the top of the show. I, it's really difficult for me any longer. What
2: was SmackDown this week? Remind me... I, um, I, oh, no, no, no. Tremendous. Okay, so SmackDown... The oh, yeah, you love
1: Smackdown, SmackDown.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so the way that they te- they had the stuff with Paul Heyman getting called by Brock right. Lesnar, and they kind of threaded that through the show, and it seems like... So they're, they're saying he's going to be there tomorrow, or this week, I guess I should say. Um... But there's still the Finn stuff. The way they did the Finn match was really well done, I thought. To pro- you know, sort of protect Finn Balor from just being cast aside as not a contender. He still falls in line with being a, cont- a contender. But they I didn't.
1: F- haven't they already announced that they're giving him another title match? Have they? I think I saw that uh, at, at Extreme Rules. Yes, correct. That Finn will get Roman at Extreme Rules. That is which that obviously
2: was... makes a lot more sense than what we thought. Yep, <laughs> that, that's being the one and done. But yep. that's fine. But I thought the way that was done. I thought it was really well done. I thought the Usos. Man, I can't say enough about how far the Usos have come through this storyline as believable main event talent. Not just that, but talkers. I mean, like, the, both of them are really good on the mic, They're and I don't know really had a lot of time to see that before
1: um it's why i thought that jay could be in the main event of wrestlemania like <laughs> that's
2: you know there. Um, you know it'll be interesting to see how how all this stuff plays out with you know and again i, I mentioned this before and, and and you know i think we all said they would be really dumb to do this and i was even dumber to suggest it but i i they cannot let me stress this they mm. cannot Turn Roman Reigns' face cannot happen. Just, <laughs> I'm very concerned. I'm I, like the more that this goes on, you know what? What are the, how how this Paul Heyman stuff is going to play out is going to be very important to keeping this.
1: You are talking about the idea that at the end it's a it's a swerve where Heyman swerves on Roman and makes Roman seem something boy, like sympathetic.
2: That. I, what I what I think the right thing to do would be to have Heyman continue to play both sides for, like, a fairly decent amount of time. Basically, he negotiates getting Brock to Raw or something. You know what I mean? And sort of keep this looming for a little bit. I think if they're just... You know, we what do we know about his deal? 18 months, I think yeah, it said. something like that. Nine matches or something like that. So, like, he's going to be around. So this isn't a one-and-done. Um... So, I, I, man, this feels like WrestleMania to me, and I know there's problems with that if he's, you know, he can't win and all that stuff. Right. But this just feels massive. Like, if, as massive as John Cena and Roman Reigns felt, this feels in that neighborhood to me. Well, it definitely doesn't and- feel like
1: something you should be doing in the fall. I don't disagree with that.
2: So, I'd like to see them, you know, prolong it in some way by maybe they, maybe he negotiates a trade, Drew McIntyre for Brock Lesnar, which is insane in real life, but. You know, what they've created on TV, you could kind of believe that as that one general manager would want, you know, Drew McIntyre on their show and maybe, you know, take some payola to get to, to make that happen. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But um, it really feels like they're going to pull the trigger at Survivor Series, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it definitely feels that way. It 100% feels that way.
2: Although, what if my theory is right and they still do it? Like, what if Brock Lesnar goes on to win the title, and that's how you get the Survivor Series match? You don't get the real one where, Bro- where Roman can lose his title, but you get the fake, you know, pre- you know, wh- what do we call it? Uh, exhibition oh, match yeah. of champion versus champion. Yeah, or, correct. Something like know.
1: that. Yeah, that could be. That could be all right um very good oh is i did anything lo- else to
2: talk about i mean this- no nah, i mean there's
1: stuff to talk about i gotta i got it. unfortunately i have yeah. to deal with some work related things now and so I, I gotta roll too i'm sorry it's just yep we all got things not the out. way that the uh, things are supposed to go today but such is life um okay uh yeah you mentioned stone temple pilots what else is coming up so
2: uh <laughs> you think i would have been ready for something like yeah it would
1: have been good yeah
2: uh okay so next week we've got pod doing their satellite album all the way through that's next
1: thursday right
2: that's on a thursday right um got the leg warmers on saturday everyone's favorite 80s uh cover band we just released some tickets for leon bridges on the 26th so (laughs) pick those up um and you know lots of stuff uh more announcements coming soon go to RamsheadLive.com at Ramshead live on instagram or twitter and i Am at Brandon Linton.
1: All right, very good. At Glenn Clark Radio, GlennClarkRadio.com is where you find me at the Aoster, of course, at AJ Francis 410. Thanks again to Migs for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent, 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 vent,
2: vent, 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 vent,
1: AJ Francis, aka Top Dollar. Who hotter than Top Dollar? Not nada. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out.
2: Fuck us for not talking about the greatest bachelor party of all time.